You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compte-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking spending St. Patrick's Day in Dublin.
Hey there. So this week on Millennium Money Travel Tuesday, we take you to one of our favorite places in the entire world as we give you a local's perspective of Dublin, Ireland. So since it's St. Patrick's Day this week, uh, we thought we'd spend a little time in the Emerald Isle of Ireland and give us a little tour around Dublin. So we t- traveled to, I've been to Dublin several times, um, but I actually finally got to take you a couple years ago for our anniversary and we actually got to go see our favorite band, U2. Uh, but on that trip, uh, you were sick most of the time and it rained most of the time and raining in Dublin is pretty normal. Um, a lot of t- different times of the year we were there in November. So, so it tends to be a, a rainy at those times of the year, but, uh, you being sick, we couldn't really go out and see a lot of the city, but we, what we did see you liked a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I hardly ever get sick, so it was really strange, but it was one of those where, you know, we got on the plane, I was sick. We got there, I was sick. The whole time, the weather was cold and rainy, and of course, I wasn't sleeping very well, and I stayed sick, I got more sick, we flew home, I was sick, and I went straight to the doctor. So, I mean, what I saw of Dublin and Ireland, I loved, but it just was it was just hard because I just didn't want to go out and do very many things. Yeah, well, at least we, we got to go to some of the highlights. We got to go to, to Grafton Street, where uh, some of the best shopping is uh, there. We got to go to the Guinness uh, Storehouse, uh, where you can sample uh, Guinness. And by far, one that is one of the best tours, no matter if you like beer. Don't you think that's a great tour? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big um, museum person, but I think that's that's a great tour. And I mean, if you go to Dublin, right, you have to go to the Guinness store. It's just, you have to do it. Well, it's a museum that you actually drink beer, and they have a 360-degree bar, and they have a few restaurants. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely on the to-do list. And then also, uh, weren't you surprised how diverse the, the food scene is, too? I mean, we had some good Irish fare, but we also had some great pizza and some other stuff there, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just it's sort of what's happening in a lot of the of the big cities kind of around the world where there's a really diverse food culture because there's a lot of diversity in the people now. And so it just, it shows up in, in the food and there's obviously a big food scene going on, you know, across the world. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why Dublin is just really becoming one of the the fastest growing, uh, really cool cities in Europe to travel to these days. And they have direct flights with Aer Lingus and, and what we flew, flew this last time, Ethiopian airlines too. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of the budget airlines, you know, a couple podcasts ago and, you know, all of these other airlines really popping up. And and I would say, you know, if you especially in the summer months, which, you know, it's more expensive traveling to Europe, although this summer seems to be pretty on par with, you know, being more low cost fares. But if you're going to travel in the summer, you just got to watch for the fares. I mean, there are a lot of online sites where you can actually, you know, click something and it can watch the fare for you and send you notices when the fare goes down because there, there are right quote unquote, right times to book airfare and not so great times to book airfare. But these airlines are definitely helping, you know, push down the cost of fares because there's a lot more competition now. Yeah. Well, Aer Lingus is a, is an Irish uh, carrier. And then who would have thunk Ethiopian airlines of all, all airlines is it's, it's one of the biggest ones uh, uh, around, around the world, but they also, uh, fly sh- straight to Dublin, which is a really cool uh, thing. And, and I loved it. I like, I actually like the flight a lot. So, uh, so this summer we're hopefully going to hit Ireland and go to a few different places, including Dublin and do a redo for you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. I've actually oddly never been to Europe in the summer. I mean, I was in France and Italy like September ish, but I've never been, you know, kind of mid, 
the main part of summer in Europe. So I'm really looking forward to it. And one other thing we have coming up to here on Millennium Money Travel Tuesday, we are, are going to have our, we're going to be releasing our city guides soon. Uh, so we have a few, a couple different European cities, uh, a really great, iconic American city, and then we're going to have a lot more city guides after that. So hopefully in the next few weeks, we will have those out. Uh, we're designing them right now, so we will have those to be released to you guys, uh, and so you guys could check it out. Uh, so to start off in our tour around Dublin, we... Um, talk to a couple of friends that are locals, born and raised in Dublin. So first off, we have Orle Ross. Uh, she runs a very unique events company in Dublin called Making Space. They create these really cool events uh, around Ireland and the UK. Uh, Orle is a local Dublin uh, native and gave us an interesting behind-the-scenes tour around Dublin, as well as giving a few Irish language pointers, which is always helpful, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even though they speak English, it's just a little different English. Well, thanks for coming on the show and uh, all the way from Dublin. We appreciate it. No worries at all. Delighted to be talking to you guys. So tell us who you are and about your business uh, making space in in Dublin. Yeah, so uh, my name's Orla and I run Making Space, which basically is a problem-solving creative events production company um i broker partnerships between companies and my different clients both corporate and creative and cultural with um different audiences uh creative and um innovative kind of makers and doers in dublin city um so kind of designing and delivering projects and events that connect people together what kind of clients do you usually have um it's a real mix um and i try to keep it quite varied um so everything from cultural partners like the science gallery offset and dublin maker to more corporate uh clients uh like heineken jameson airbnb um, and then charity organizations um, like SUAS, or which is um, education and outreach in the developing world, to Movember. I have a really good relationship with them as well. That's cool. And then you guys also have uh, these walking tours that you do, some for the public, but some for events as well too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it breaks down into um, like – Events, which would be um, experiential kind of gigs and things like that, um, to a smaller kind of uh, static uh, exhibition pieces, and then walking tours, which is something that I uh, personally really love. It's it's taking audiences through the city and kind of weaving a story for for either. Uh, for a client that's either corporate or creative, connecting those people with the city in uh, in a meaningful way. Yeah, and that's a totally unique way to actually see the city too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, Dublin's really small. It's easy to to walk. The weather, you know, as bad of a rep as it has, and as bad as the weather is currently, uh, generally it's it, it's a it's a nice city to to walk around. And you know, as a tourist, um, 
many of them visit Dublin for just like a short hop. So you're looking at like three days. And if you were to do a walking tour on history, a walking tour on creativity, a walking tour on food, you wouldn't have time to do anything else. So, you know, the walking tours I do for tourists and, you know, visitors to Dublin and also Dubliners themselves who want to like reconnect with their city. You know, it's an hour and a half off walking um connecting with like creatives who are doing interesting things pop-ups that are happening in the city at the time and then um galleries and exhibitions that are happening are you actually from dublin i am born and bred um uh-huh. you know i've had to go away for a little short spurts <laughs> of time but um it's i'm a bit of a homebird i'm always i'm always here yeah, well, I mean, it, it over the I've been traveling to Dublin over the last ten years, and I've just seen so much growth and change there. Why is Why is Dublin such a great place to travel these days? Um, in terms of Dublin as a city for for change, I think it's so true. You know, um, the amount of companies that are setting up here as a springboard into Europe. Oh, or vice versa, springboard into the States is is really, uh, really impressive. And it's also making uh, quite an impact, uh, both socially and economically. Um, you also have a lot of innovation, startups and creativity happening. Um, so the likes of Intercom, Facebook, uh, Google, Twitter, uh, HubSpot, the list goes on and on and on, um, are, are using Dublin as a hub. Um, and so that's bringing a huge amount of vitality and kind of interest in Dublin. So then uh, for tourists who are visiting uh, for for the weekend and, and maybe for longer uh, periods of time, um, it's a really diverse mix of um, activities from, you know, because Dublin is so small, you have, um, you know, it takes you 30 minutes to get from the sea where you can swim, get on a boat, go fishing, uh, go through the city and then up to the mountains. It's uh, for for walks to visit lake, go visit monastery. You know, there's there's a huge amount of activities in that, um, you know, short area, which is brilliant you know uh did i explain that well enough yeah yeah absolutely well what are what are some of your uh favorite places maybe off the tourist uh path uh, to actually go and and do or maybe something people have never even heard of or something like that um well i guess um for me um during the summer is is the best time for dublin so you know you can leave uh work at six o'clock um from the canal uh, which is just on the the edge of the city, uh, cycle for about 15, 20 minutes and be in a amazing, peaceful um, beach where you can go swimming, uh, grab a bite to eat. Um, and that's on both sides of um, Dublin is separated by the Liffey. So if you go south side, you get to Seapoint, uh, Dunleary and the 40 foot. Um, and during the summer, it's mobbed with people um, out for the day, out for a swim, you know, families, you know, young people, it's it's really amazing. And then out towards the north side of the city, you have a bull wall uh, for like walking and skating. And, and um, then further out, you have Hoth, 
which hosts amazing uh, prawn festivals, food festivals, uh, music festivals. Um, and then you have out to, to Rush and Scaries where you can go sailing and stuff like that. And it's all, you know, 30, 45 minutes uh, to get out there, even by public transport. Um, so you don't have, you're not limited uh, in terms of transport links, which is, which is really good. Yeah, and you guys are have a really good public transport uh, system there too. Well. Yeah, like I, I think, you know, tourists and, and, and people today are looking for like seamless yeah. uh, transactions, you know, that frictionless service. So you can go from, you know, having your, your Dublin bus card, which will get you access to every transport link in the city, to getting on a Dublin bike uh, for shorter stops. And it's really easy as a tourist, you know, you can get that card in any of the local shops and it just gives you i guess free reign on the city which is great you know yeah and, and one and one of the best things about dublin i think almost anywhere in ireland is literally you people are really nice <laughs> and, and very helpful i mean you, you, you you'll ask anybody and they're like oh yeah and i mean sometimes they'll even get in the car with you and, and yeah. help you with directions <laughs> absolutely absolutely and i you know i uh i don't say this lightly i do honestly think that ireland is super friendly but dublin we really we want to go out of our way to make sure that when you go home you're you're talking about us you know that our ears are burning uh because we were we were really nice you know um and that's the thing you know dublin has a tradition of storytelling and talking and sometimes you you kind of have to uh help Dubliners to you know go on (laughs) you know if you if you end up uh, in a taxi with a a talkative taxi driver you might actually miss where you're meant to be going you know (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) but but again but that that's 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 the part of the charm it's part of the charm absolutely absolutely that's that's some of my favorite things to do a lot of times I mean I just will just jabber with a taxi driver I'm just like no okay just keep going I want to hear more of your story yeah yeah exactly and you know um the last few years we had um the web summit um in Dublin and it, it moved uh, to Portugal this year um, sorry last year and you know I think it's one thing that that people who attend those kind of conferences miss is the the Dublin aspect it's 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 not even you know the the networking in inverted commas it's just the chat and the the crack and the you know the the can't be bottled conversation that you have on the way to the bar or something like that you know? right right you, well, you, you actually have to explain the crack. What the, I know what the crack is, but you got to explain what the crack is. <laughs> uh, so I'll start by by spelling it. Um, it's C-R-A-I-C. Um, and crack in Irish, in uh, Gaelic, uh, means the fun conversation, the, the jokes and the charm. Um, it's, it's, that's a, a pretty loose translation. But um, it's very hard to to describe um, in English. But it's it's the it's the conversation that you would have with your very close friends. And Irish people seem to manage to have it with basically anyone. Um, so whether you have only met them once or you've met them a hundred times, they can have a conversation with you uh, on a one to one basis that makes you feel like you're at home. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I've noticed traveling to Dublin is that the food scene has just boomed. And the last time we were there in, uh, a year ago or so, uh, 
we didn't eat it. We ate at one Irish place and, and we ate <laughs> everywhere else. Uh, tell us about some of the, the newer restaurants there that you love to go eat um, uh, in mm. Dublin. Like, you know, I think that there's this stereotypical version of what Irish food is. And I don't think it reflects true Irish cuisine. And, you know, there's a number of people um, that are really trying to to change those uh, preconceived ideas. Um, there's an amazing guy out west in the West of Ireland uh, who's doing this event each year called Food on the Edge. And it's looking at food trends both in Ireland and abroad mm. and really just, you know, showcasing the best in both Irish and international cuisine, but also really championing Irish local food in a way that that definitely is a, a new way of thinking. Uh, some of my favorite places, like I, I feel bad, especially because this is being recorded. Because if I don't mention the right people, <laughs> um, food is something that we obviously um, hold very dear. Yeah. And you know, for a long time, I think chefs were were trying to just carve not not carve their own path. Sorry. Um, for a long time, chefs were just trying to make do with what they had, right. but now they're really carving their own path. So you have the likes of Carl Whelan, who is an Irish man who's cooking up incredible Asian food in a, a new place called Hangdai, which has one of the best speaker sound systems in Ireland. And basically, when you walk inside, it feels like you're going into um, a underground train station almost like getting into one of those like old school trains right and it's all just like booths and it's food incredible food up till half 11 and then it turns into you know a crazy nightclub till um all hours <clears throat> so that's you know it's it's not traditionally irish but it takes that mixture of you know food and uh, socializing and mixes it together um you have the likes of meet me in the morning and fia and fia is f-i-a which means deer in irish and both um really focus in on uh, locally sourced produce um, they create menus that change daily but you know stay really simple and you know um there's probably 20 seats in both of them mm. uh, they're in sort of suburban areas of, of the outskirts kind of of the Dublin city centre and I'm not joking you can't get a seat in place it's, <laughs> it's, it's really amazing and you know it's it's using you know what I remember as as traditional kind of Irish food you have you know that seem to be buzzwords now but you know kale uh, trout, mackerel, mm. um, black pudding, um, and just doing it in really unusual um, and interesting ways, which is really, really good. And then, you know, and I'm sure that you you saw this when you were over, but it's just really exploded is, is coffee. And yeah. I think this is happening in, in every large city, but in Ireland and in Dublin especially, you can really feel it. Um, everyone's taking a lot more interest in the coffee industry, um, you know, starting with the likes of 3FE, um, which set up maybe six years ago and, you know, really has made a name for itself internationally as 
the leading light when it comes to cupping coffee and mm. I think it's something that I was talking with somebody recently is you know coffee in Ireland tastes so different because the milk is so good mm. and um I think the likes of uh, Indigo and Cloth, which is a, a really amazing collaborative space in Temple Bar, they've really mixed it up in the fact that there's a design studio and an agency upstairs. Then you have a men's and kind of concept store, men's clothesware and concept store in wow. the middle to ground floor. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Clement Abico which does some of the best coffee in the city also in the, on the ground floor. So you have that collaborative kind of innovative, uh, story that runs straight through the building, which is, which is great. Wow. And uh, yeah, cause I even saw on the, I think it was the fabulous food trails. They actually have even a coffee walking tour where you can go to different coffee places. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I don't know how much I would recommend um, spending three hours drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah you right. know, I know what I'm like yeah. after, after two coffees. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, such a, it's such a good way to yeah. explore the city and see the different, because there's so many different types of um, coffee experiences mm-hmm. that you can have. Uh, as weird as that sounds um, but it's not just about the coffee it's about the interior design it's about the food that goes yeah. with the coffee it's about the staff and and I think that's something you know uh, Ireland has won a number of coffee championships um, in the last few years and it's because of a number of different it, it's the design it's the experience and it's the coffee itself and the milk yeah which is Um, (laughs) but uh yeah it's um it's it's really good actually the the fab food trails are are brilliant because you know the um the different places you can go every every day of the week you know from like healthy um kind of raw foods and vegan foods up to, you know, your, your heavy hit, hitting Michelin stars like mm-hmm. Hunt or, um, chapter ones. Mm-hmm. And also there's, there's a new place. Fantastic. Uh, sorry. It's fantastic, but it's actually just called Mr. Fox. Um, on the, the North side of the mm. city is, is really making waves at the moment. Brunch is like, obviously everywhere. Brunch is really popular, yeah. but like, in in Dublin goes on for like three and a half hours you know yeah. you, you you sidle up in the Fumbly exchange or something like that uh, I can explain this better in in I'm gonna just explain it to you first um well how about, how about that why don't you just, t- just tell me uh like what what is like a go-to brunch place uh in Dublin yeah. and and why why is brunch so important in, in Dublin yeah yeah um so in terms of of afternoon tea, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Marion's, um, the Marion Hotel is is definitely the the place to go. Um, it's slow moving. You can have conversational. You can go from having tea to finishing with you know a glass of prosecco or champagne. But I think you know for for us um, and my my own personal friends, um, brunch has become a really integral part of our weekends. Um, you know, there's a lot of places, um, for example, the Fumbly uh, Cafe in um, the kind of west side of the city that does yoga in the morning and then you go for brunch afterwards. And it's a really, like, 
experience because it's a large gang of people you know starting their day really fresh with yoga and then sitting down at like one long really big table and the food is just incredible and it's it's almost like that greek style of of meze where it's lots of smaller portions and you kind of pick at things and you know have maybe three coffees and and a tea and a kombucha and then you know you're you're ready to properly start your day um but also the likes of the Dean Hotel um, and um, where else can I suggest? Um, oh, yeah. Um, the Morrison mm, um, yeah. is a male orientated uh, afternoon tea, um, which is, you know, good for the guys who want to watch the rugby, but also hang out and have the chats and also be fed. Um, so that's, you know, I think people are thinking outside the box when it comes to what people want. Right. You know, it's not just going to the local pub and having Guinness for five hours. <laughs> it's not just going for a coffee. It's not just going for lunch and going about your day it's a real mix of of different things right does that make sense yeah absolutely one i think i think the 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 key in the wrap-up here is is that dublin is one of those cities that if you whether you go and have a pint whether you go have a cup of coffee or have tea or even brunch or something like that you could actually really get to know people and and have a chat as you say too and stuff yeah 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 absolutely and you know uh when when you contacted me about it, like three kind of people that I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, and, and really kind of like brings that home is, um, Andrea Horan. She set up Tropical Popical with her sister and basically Tropical Popical is a nail bar. But Mm. if you go there, you get such an incredible experience. You get to know the city just by talking to her and her staff. Um, she set up this um, website called Unreal Issues, which mm. is for women who want to like explore different topics and stuff like that. And, you know, or the likes of Jan- James Kavanagh, who became a Snapchat star based on the fact that he used to scare the bejesus out of his boyfriend. <laughs> and now they set up, well, they, they went from that to uh, working on a, a pop-up food brand and now they're setting up a cafe that brings together a lot of those different elements you know um you don't you don't just experience one side of dublin you kind of experience a number of different things just in one place okay so next we spoke with peter white who is born and raised in dublin but now he's living in new york uh, Peter is actually a Millennium Money listener, and he's become a really good friend, so we tapped into his Dublin knowledge and insights. Peter will even teach us how to say cheers in Irish, which is very important when you're in Dublin. Peter, you're, you're a Dubliner, and you're living in New York now, and you're actually a, a Millennium Money listener uh, that we've gotten to know and become friends. Um, Dublin's really become one of the, the, the great European cities to travel to these days. How has Dublin changed as long as you've lived uh, in Dublin? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I, I think Dublin has, has really kind of, let's say, matured over the last number of years. So it's certainly kind of hit a pretty big recession there back then, I suppose, when everyone else did in, in the in the 90s. And then kind of ever since then, I think in the last handful of years, it's actually, you know, the the places that, that kind of made it through have gotten a lot stronger. So it's kind of it's I think they've really upped the culture. They've upped um 
kind of the the fun of it. I think kind of a lot of the places there are a lot more a lot more character than they used to. So there's lots of really interesting places now to see in Dublin. Um, and there's also been a pretty big kind of a technological revolution in the city as well. So it's it has the the basis for a number of of large technological companies. So there, there's some pretty pretty cool stuff going on in Dublin at the minute. It's a good time to go. Well, it's, it seems like too every time I go that I see something new and different, and also like cranes in the air. There seems like there's construction all the time there right now, which is good. I think that, that's always a good sign. Yeah, totally. They're 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 building like like crazy in Dublin, and I suppose it's kind of you know they they haven't. Uh, kind of eased up on the laws to let the, the skyscrapers come in, but it's certainly developing outwards. Um, but the, yeah, lots of, um, lots of nice kind of little neighborhoods to see lots of stuff outside of, outside the very kind of core of the city center. There, there's a lot of very interesting places and it's, it's still all very much walking distance. So you can really kind of, you can see a lot just by, you know, on foot or even on, on a bicycle. Right. Uh, and it, it, since we're coming up on, on St. Patrick's Day, that uh, and we're going to actually air this episode around St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so St. Patrick's Day is, is huge here, obviously, in, in New York and Chicago and so many places. But Ireland hasn't always embraced uh, St. Patrick's Day, but now it's really a, a popular thing. Was that always the case? Did you guys always celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day growing up and has it become a bigger thing there? Yeah, I think it's kind of, a, I, I suppose, you know, you think of... Um, there's a lot of cliches around St. Patrick's Day, so yeah. the, the, it's kind of a it's a, a double-edged sword, kind of where you know we're we're we like that people are aware of our, our national holiday, but at the same time, you kind of the the drinking can be taken a little bit a little bit a little bit too far. But certainly, the um, you know the Dublin has a, a lovely parade, and all of the the local kind of towns and villages around the country would have their own parades as yeah. well. So you know, in the in the afternoon, it's all very kind of. Um, well-intentioned and uh, it's, it's a nice kind of a family afternoon out to, to check out the the kind of the the parades and there's plenty of culture that goes along with that and then i suppose as kind of the day goes on and in kind of in you know the temple bar neighborhood of, of dublin you know things can can take a bit of a, a turn <laughs> right right well i mean and speaking of bars i i, I love drinking guinness in ireland um I, I don't really like it here it doesn't taste the same at all it is you know it's a whole quality thing um, and there's so many great traditional pubs in Dublin. What are some of your top pubs that like a person has to go to uh, to grab a pint in Dublin? That's a great question. I'm glad I'm glad you you recognize the the, the difference in quality. Totally, like, you drink it's, it in. Yeah, it's a different it's a different beast. Um, and and it's certainly it's even if you're not a beer drinker or not a stout drinker, yeah, you you definitely need to try Guinness while you're in Ireland. So. Yeah. There, there's a few good, uh, well, there's there's a, there's a ton of good of good and great places to get Guinness, and it's it's one of these things that everybody you meet will have their own their own favorite place and their own recommendation. Um, two of the places that that jump out to me that that I would that I'll be frequenting next time I'm back in in Ireland are um, Grogan's, which is on South William Street. Right. That's a very popular place. Kind of the, there's you know a couple of tables outside as well, but you'll find what, what I like about that place is that there's a little bit of every type of person is in there so you will you'll go in and you'll have kind of students kind of mingling with kind of businessmen and businesswomen and it's kind of it's just one of these fun places that you know you can just kind of start up a conversation with anybody around you and everyone's very very friendly in there and the guinness is excellent uh, so that that would be kind of my my number one spot in the city right uh, the other the other place that's kind of that's right up there as well is called um, the long hall um, and I'm, that's on Georgia Street. We made it there last time and loved it. It's great. Yeah, that's a super spot. And actually, last time um, Bruce Springsteen was in town, he he goes there as well. So it's um, that one comes highly recommended. Yeah. 
Um, but that that's a that's a really cool place. Those the, and both of those places, they're both city centre, but you're very much you know you're going to find the real Dubliners in there as well, and you're going to find all the locals. Um, I, I would definitely just as a kind of a rule of thumb, I would just uh, encourage people to get outside of Temple Bar. I think it's kind of very easy to go to Dublin mm. and go to the bars in in the Temple Bar area, including obviously the Temple Bar itself. Yeah. There's really there's nothing about those bars that you can't kind of get in a more authentic and more kind of a fun manner just by leaving the Temple Bar region. So um, yeah, that that that's my two: the Long Hall and Grogan's. And are there is there actually like a pub etiquette there that you, things to do or not to, to do in, in a pub? It's <laughs> a good one as well. I suppose kind of one thing is to, you know, I, I suppose you need to kind of recognize that, that Guinness takes a little while to pour. So I think kind of, you know, having a little bit of patience when, when your Guinness is, is being prepared and it's done in, in two steps. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to be waiting a minute or longer just to, to watch it. And then, you know, don't drink your Guinness until uh, until it, until the until it settles. So yeah. even after they serve it to you, it's still not ready. You have to kind of, you have to take your time and just kind of, you know, be pensive and enjoy it. Um, but that would be one of the main ones. Uh, apart from that, it's pretty easy going. I think kind of, you know, try not to spill anybody's drink um, <laughs> is, is a good rule of thumb anywhere. Right. But um, no, people people are, are friendly. You know, if you kind of have a question, just, just tap somebody on the shoulder. And then I suppose once somebody starts to break into a bit of um, trad music, just let them at it and, uh, <laughs> you know, just either kind of, uh, you know, just, just sit and listen and, and uh, enjoy it. Right. Uh, well, outside of the pubs, uh, what are some, like, non-touristy, though? There's a lot of great tourist places to go to, the, you know, the Guinness Storehouse and so many other places around, around Dublin. But maybe it's a non-touristy thing that people may not always expect about Dublin. Yeah, I think it's kind of... Again, Dublin is just, it's such a small place as well that it's just very easy to get around on foot. And there's lots of nice little neighborhoods to walk in and out of. Um, one of my kind of favorite things to do in the city is to walk along the Grand Canal. So that's kind of, uh, you know, that's south of the city, but it's still very much walkable um, below the city center. And Grand Canal, just kind of a nice nice canal that, that kind of splits the, the city center from some of the, the more of the suburbs. And um, you just walk along there. It's beautiful. It's very very relaxing, nice and easy going. Um, some of the other things that I like, I, I'm a big fan of the the science gallery, which mm. is attached to Trinity College um, within the city centre. Right. Science gallery do exhibitions um, that last kind of a few months at a time. It's it's kind of run by the students within the within the, the university, and it's kind of you, you see some really really interesting things in the science gallery. Um, so those can be two things that I enjoy, and then another one which kind of a little bit off the tourist track, but but still very much kind of in that that cultural kind of an, an element of the city. Um, if you want to get a bit of live trad music, the the cobblestone, um, which is in Smithfield, and that's mm. you can get there via the Lewis, which is kind of the what do you call that? The the kind of the urban rail. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's quite easy to get to. Again, walking distance, like everything else in the city. Um, but that's a nice place. They do live music every night, and again, that that's somewhere that you're going to find. The, the real locals kind of enjoying it, and that's and that's really more more traditional Irish music and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'll be that'll be very very traditional. And even within there, you know, there's no stage. Really. It's kind of people will just, you know, there will be a table of musicians within the bar, and they will just kind of, yeah, you know, get stuck into it and um, and and just kind of sing sing where they're sitting. Um, so that's kind of 
that's a nice uh, nice one to enjoy. Right, and that's that's like, that, that's almost like celebrating St. Patrick's Day all year round for us that don't live, aren't from Dublin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's kind of you know if you think about kind of what St. Patrick's Day means right. to the people of Ireland, it, it's about the culture, it's about the history, it, it's kind of um, and you know the trad music and the Guinness are are, are a big part of that. Um, what are some of the other uh, places to go uh, catch a, a live show in, in Dublin? Um, so the, the, there's a few, you know, I suppose kind of there's lots of bars that will just have it on, on certain nights. Mm. Typically, just by walking around, you're going to see kind of the, the placards and things outside of bars and signs just saying whether there is live music or what nights of the week there will be. So, the, the, you know, just just walk around the city and you, you will find a lot of places that will be that will be playing it. Um, and then kind of if if kind of traditional music isn't your thing as well um, one of the a, a good area kind of in the city to go out in at night anyway is um, Camden Street hmm. so uh, that's kind of just a little ways out from the city centre but um, Whelan's is there and they do they do concerts almost every night of the week and it's it's not a very big venue but it's big enough that you'll get some some you know a pretty high standard of music in there right well I, I love Dublin because they have so many great uh, street performers as well too yeah yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, certainly kind of Grafton Street would be one of the one of the main the main shopping streets in the city. You'll always get get um, get buskers there and yeah. kind of people doing pretty interesting things. I know that's another one that on Christmas Eve kind of you would typically get yes. Bono and, and the yeah. Frames and you'd right. get some pretty big names up there. Right. Yeah. Which that's that's. I mean, I, well, I think the last couple of years, like yeah, Glenn Hansard and. Uh, uh, in uh, Hosier as well too. In fact, this year they had to shut it down because they had too many people. This year. <laughs> yeah, I think any any time you get a big crowd in, in in Dublin, things tend to come to a halt. All right, so it's uh, yeah. uh, well, the, the the food scene has really like exploded in in Dublin. Every time I go there, there's like a new restaurant. And this and this last time we we visited, like we didn't eat. We ate like one place that had traditional Irish uh, Irish fare and stuff like that. Um, what are some of the, the your favorite places, like maybe newer places uh, to, to go eat uh, these days in Dublin? Yeah, kind of one, one of my favorite places that, that had opened um, quite recently be- before I, I moved on um, was the Woolen Mills. Um, so that's actually quite quite in the city center as well. It's just off the, the Haypenny Bridge. Uh-huh. Um, they, they would do kind of reasonably traditional food, but kind of um, but, but quite nice. That's a good good spot for brunch. Um, my favorite place to eat in the city is um, Bunsen, which is a burger a burger place, and it has a, a very limited menu, which they actually <laughs> give to, give to you on a, a business card. Uh-huh. Um, but Bunsen's, you know, strictly does burgers. There's actually the first one was on Camden Street, but they've now expanded. So there's a few there's a few of the the Bunsen restaurants around the city, but that's a that's really kind of the the best burger I've had now. So that's 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 as, as good as it gets, I think, in my opinion. Nice. Everyone likes a good burger, so that's yeah, it's good. Good fare for a kind of a you know a long day in Dublin. Um, mm. Fate Street Social is another one. That's mm. that's where I really like. That's that's been around a few years, and there is kind of there's a few that have cropped up around the South William kind of area of the city, um, and then over to George's Street. You'll, you'll find a few a few interesting places around there to, to eat. And there's always, as you said, there's more and more places popping up all the time people from dublin will, will they'll certainly tell you they're from dublin straight off so it's, it's a big it's a big part of their identity and um, so i'd say kind of one of the things that's specific to people from dublin and actually as a kind of a city that's that's you know expanding getting a little bit bigger but still quite small 
they're very partial to whether they're from the north or the south side of the river that goes through Dublin. So you'll have kind of your north siders and your south siders. Mm. And they'll have their own kind of personalities, and it's something that they'll be very aware of and something they'll be very proud of. And it's really just one of those things that gets very competitive within the city, is is whether you're north or south of the Liffey. Okay, so I have one last question. It's a really important one. Uh, how do you say mm. cheers in Irish? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is a good question. Yeah, so yeah, slancha. Slancha. Um, which is, is spelled as if it's slainty, yeah. um, but it's pronounced slancha. Um, but yeah, but people will understand if you say cheers as well. I suppose we're trying to be more, more multicultural. We, we accept cheers as a, as a fitting way to kind of to, to tip your point to somebody. When it comes to work, communication is key even if you don't have a writing job. Sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at Grammarly.com slash podcast.